0: This is the Mormon Expression Podcast. Find us on the web at mormonexpression.com.
1: Welcome back to another edition of Mormon Expression. I'm your host, John Larson. In the LDS Church, as in many other conservative religious movements, there's a strong tendency to marry young. There's also a tendency to marry quickly, sometimes within months of first dating or even meeting one another. Of course, not everyone does so, nor is it a requirement, but nevertheless, it is a cultural trend that influences many marriages. Today, we'll be exploring the cultural and practical implications of such relationships with a special guest panel. For this podcast, we will be joined by couples that have all married within one year of meeting one another. All are still married today, at least as of right now. So let's go ahead and get started with the uh, introduction to our panel. Let's start with Devin and Melissa. I'm Melissa. And
2: I'm Devon.
3: We've been married for 10 years. We got married about six months after meeting each other at college.
2: We were engaged after dating for about three weeks. We met kind of, we, we had both institute classes together and uh, just regular classes at the university together. Now we've got uh, two children.
1: And where were you married?
3: In Salt Lake Temple.
1: Great. Welcome to the panel. Our second couple is uh, Adam and Holly. Hello. Hi, guys.
4: I'm Adam. Adam I'm Holly. We got married exactly four months to the day from when we first met. We met through a mutual friend at BYU. Um, got married in the Toronto Temple in Ontario.
2: And we
4: have
0: one child,
2: we have a
0: daughter who's seven months old. And how long have you been married for?
4: Um, it'll be four years from the supper.
1: Four years. Okay, the other couple, uh, happens to be, uh, myself and my lovely wife, Zilpha.
0: Hello. Uh, we, we've been married for 12 years. Oh, we, <laughs> we've been married for 13 years. Wow.
1: 13.
0: And uh we met at BYU, and one month after we met, we were engaged. Four months later, we were married in the Bountiful Temple. Four months? Yep. Well, five months total.
1: That seems too fast.
0: <laughs> That's what this is all about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so... um Obviously, there, not everybody in the church, uh, gets married as quickly as all of us have. But, um, there does seem to be, um, something in the church that, uh, pushes couples that way. And that's kind of where we want to go tonight. What do you think it was in the church that, if, if anything in the church, that, um, pushed you that way to get married so quickly?
5: Well, one thing that influenced me was, uh, my dad, story about when he was dating around at BYU trying to find who he was supposed to marry. And uh, after a date or two with any given girl, he would pray about whether the relationship was a possibility to his marriage, and if he didn't feel like there was a good chance of them getting married, even if he liked the girl, he would kind of let it sit and stop dating her and go looking for the next person. And so I had always grown up with the mindset that dating is for the purpose of finding the person you want to marry. Mm-hmm. And then once you've found the person, you know, well, I, you've achieved your objective, so why wait?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So did you use your father's same um, prayer technique?
5: Well, I found mine on the first try. <laughs>
0: the, what,
1: the, the first try. So did you know on the first date or did it take tell the prayer?
5: Um, I think by the time we got around to praying about it, we were already so infatuated with each other that, uh, you know, we knew what our answer was. And our story, I guess I kind of have to get our story. We first met, our first date was a week from when we met. Two weeks from our first date, we were in a ring shop, browsing. uh, less than a month from our first date there was a ring on her hand and then as Holly said earlier it was four months from the first time we met that we got married so um it was uh, (laughs) fast but uh we went to the temple and and prayed about it individually before we officially got engaged to make sure that we weren't uh you know just getting caught up in the hormones and, and running off and doing something stupid and we both felt very strongly that uh Getting married was a good idea
1: for us. Now, now, you said you went to the temple and prayed about it. Did, were you both endowed at the time, or did you just go to the grounds?
5: Uh, so she went and did some baptisms and found a quiet place to sit and ponder. And I did an endowment session and, and prayed in the celestial room.
1: Okay. Uh, so, Devin and Melissa, what about you guys? What What do you think the church's role in that was?
2: Well, I, I think that uh, within within the Mormon faith, there's a certain progression, kind of a certain rites of passage as you go through coming of age things. And I think that marriage, temple marriage, is sort of has fallen right in line and as as one of the natural steps to after your mission. That it's just what you do you you find someone and you get married as quickly as you know you can. Or for girls, it's as soon as you know. Shortly, uh, as, as soon as after high school, it seems almost that uh, as soon as you you meet the first worthy person that, uh, and I, I think there's more to it. That's over oversimplification of it, but it's just one of the rites of passages, one of the coming of age things.
1: Kind of the way I interpret that is, it's just the next thing. You know, when I when I grew up in the church, you know, you became a deacon, then at fourteen you became a teacher, then a priest, and then you went on a mission, and then you got home from a mission, and then you got married. It was just the next thing that you were supposed to do.
4: Exactly. Well, um, so speaking as someone who's participated in the Young Women program, I'd say one of the reasons uh um, quick marriage is so prevalent is because marriage is the end all, be all goal we're encouraged to go after. Being married in the temple and being a mom is the life calling that's kind of handed to us. I mean, even the proclamation of the family our proclamation of the world about the family says. That's what you do. And it's always portrayed as, you know, smiles and roses and this sugary, sweet, wonderful dream. And you're almost never told that it can be hard work or frustrating or even boring at times or anything negative. And what else are we supposed to look forward to? Not a career, because we're not encouraged to get careers. We're encouraged to find a return missionary It will take us to the temple to get married. And it seems like almost every Sunday that's what you're told about. And it's the end-all, be-all goal. It's not just a next step. It's the end step. It's what you do.
5: Mm -hmm. We have multiple steps throughout our our teenage years. They don't have any of those intermediate steps. They just have the one step to look forward to. And ours is, you know, the final step in our long chain of, you know, deacon priest teacher elder married and theirs is the one step of get married
4: yeah so. well like the guys are you know groomed to go on missions but a mission for for the girls is kind of the well that's because you're not married yet kind of thing you do it's mm-hmm. not the thing you're supposed to be aiming for
0: right and it at, at- Age, what, 21 is when the girls go out? And that's like seen yeah. as they've been around for a long time and they haven't been married. What's wrong with them? But 21, you know, that's, that's young.
1: Yeah, it's almost seen as a failure. <laughs> uh, at least in some parts, that if you make it all the way to a mission, you, you somehow didn't take the right step.
0: Or you have a sweet spirit and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so the next question, um, and, you know, Zilf and I have a bit of a bias coming from BYU, but um, do you think this is still common in Mormonism, or is this changing?
5: I know that it's still happening while also being sort of scoffed at. I mean, I know Holly and I both made fun of those crazy people who got married just a few months after meeting, and you know what? What lunatics would do that? Obviously, you need to know each other first. We both came from a a background where we thought that that was crazy, and then we met each other, fell in love, said, hey, let's get married, and why put it off till the end of the year when we can do it at the end of the semester? And then we became what we had, you know, made so much fun of. So I think the public opinion of it is is saying, hey, that's not a great idea, but I think it's still happening just as much.
2: I really... I'm not seeing the change either. I, I'd like to think that it was changing, but, I mean, we were only married ten years ago. That wasn't, I mean, relatively speaking, that long ago, and I don't think that much has changed over that time.
5: Well, the great extinction of the dinosaurs, for one. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, Sorry, you can add uh, that was unfolded.
0: No, that was funny. <laughs> but uh, are we going to bring in the sex thing?
1: we'll talk about okay. sex. Yeah. <laughs> are you, you are you ready to talk Their about sex? they are right? always trying to bring it back around to sex. <laughs> so, okay, so that that is a good point. Um
0: I was going to say, you know, part of the reason why we hurry into sorry, I'm not talking in the mar- mic. Part of the reason why when we fall in love, we hurry to the marriage part is because that's when we can consummate our relationship when um you know, other people might not feel like they need to wait until marriage. Mormons are very strongly encouraged. You can't marry in the temple if you don't wait. So, so because we're supposed to wait, we don't wait very long to get married.
1: Yeah, the, Zilf and I obviously right. talked about this uh, topic before, and one of the um, points that I've, I, I read a long time ago, they talked about when couples Typically, you know, a normal American sort of courtship becomes sexually active. It happens to be around about the time that Mormon couples, um, become married. So obviously, uh, I think there's a correlation there between sexual activity and the, um, not practicing, you know, not engaging in premarital sex and then, you know, getting married to, to reach that point in the relationship. Yeah, I,
2: I agree. Yeah, I agree too. I think there's a, I mean, looking at the world at large, all relationships are going to have a natural progression, right? I mean, it's, you know, when the first kiss happens, when when the relationship becomes sexual, when comes, you know, when do they start moving into each, you know, when do you start keeping a toothbrush at the other's apartment kind of thing. Within within the LDS culture, because of the morality as it is, I think that a lot of that is kind of crammed together into a shorter time frame out of necessity.
5: Mm-hmm. That's an all or none. You know,
2: you either right.
5: are going to throw in all your chips, commit to not only your whole life, but time and all eternity with this individual, or you're going to stay uh, Book of Mormon's the part at the dances and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> throw <restore> the <laughs> elephant in the room and don't talk about it.
3: Oh, like Adam was saying before, how his dad would pray to see if the girl was right for him for marriage, and if, he, if she wasn't, then he would just move on, because what's the point? And that, that is really kind of... Of the attitude like dating is to get married and that's what it's all about
5: it's like how men go shopping girls go shopping because they want to go shopping <laughs> the guys go shopping because they want to buy some. you know well get in the store find what's on the shelf pay for it and get out and so that's sort of the mentality that comes with the the mormon approach of of dating and courtship and marriage is you're you're there to find your objective and see so you get it and you get out and <laughs> there's no point in hanging around in the dating pool because that's well, like spending four hours at Walmart just for fun.
4: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point because marriage, it seems like outside of this religious context, marriage is part of the progression of being in love, whereas within Mormonism, it's a requirement to getting into the highest level of the celestial kingdom. It's its something on a checklist. You have to do it. It's not something that just happens because you have discovered that the person you're with is someone you always want to be
5: with it's it brings it to a head yeah
1: okay this is interesting i I did a little bit of research and i found a um author uh tina tessany i think is how you pronounce it and she wrote a book called how to be a couple and still be free and she was talking about couples that date less than one year before they get married and she says those couples fall into two categories the first are ultra passionate and impulsive people who are in the top of a torrid romance and in a torrid affair and then rush into the nuptials. So they have this kind of romantic view and they're riding high on that and they're, they're just going to get married. Okay. The second group, um, are pragmatic, sort of cut to the chase people. Um, and she offers that they also might be on a timetable. Um, so I, I, as I, I read that, I thought the, the first one really didn't apply to me. Uh, this and maybe Zilpha will will contradict this. I mean, of course, I I, I wanted to uh, enjoy the fruits of sexual activity as much as anybody, but that wasn't really what was motivating me to get married quickly. I think it was like we've been talking about the the Mormon sort of paradigm that this is just what you're supposed to do. And when I found somebody who I really liked, who I fell in love with, who I wanted to do that with, then why not? Let's get married.
2: Yeah. I, I I agree. Um, I think to a to a certain extent, you were, you were asking earlier whether it, this was something that was changing in the church. And I think, especially when it comes to the sexual aspect and the, and the natural progression of the relationships, I don't think it can change too much without the overall moral code of the religion changing. And I think this is why it's common for all conservative religions, not just an LDS, uh, a thing unique to the LDS community, but I, I think that there's the added social component of, of the of the expectation and that uh, that natural progression of you know mission and then marriage
3: well and yeah like john was saying when you find someone that you want to be with just why not just get married when when i fell in love with devin i just we wanted to be together all the time so the logical thing to do was to get married because And we could live together and always be together, and that was—it just felt so natural to me. It wasn't—it was almost a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, that's how—that's how it was for me too. Beyond the sexual aspect, it was an issue of we just wanted to be together all the time, and it was so hard to say goodbye at night. You know, it didn't seem right to not be with him.
3: Right. Yeah, that's exactly what I was. Yeah. Talking about.
4: I, yeah, I think I was, for me, it was, it was a mix of that, just just wanting to be together and, and so on and so forth, as well as I am rather impulsive. I, you know, I am ADD and I make big decisions on the spur of the moment sometimes. And when I decide I want something, I move fast. And I also had the aspect of the only member in my family. I knew my family wasn't going to be able to see the ceremony anyway and why take the time to plan a nice wedding and really put effort into all the details and stuff why not just do it simple and quick and what's the point if no one's going to be able to be there to celebrate with me and I regret that I mean if I could do it again I would go with the nice gown and hire the photographer and have a wedding that didn't exclude my own mother, but at the time I thought I was doing the right thing because we're supposed to get in a temple. And so why, why take the time and, and put it off if there was no point in planning because none of my family was going to be there to celebrate with me. And
1: I hadn't thought about it from that perspective as a, as a convert with the, your family. That's really interesting.
2: I just had a quick question for Holly. Being that you were a convert and none of your family were there, you were a BYU student at the time, were you viewed as kind of a a martyr within your ward or somehow someone to be revered because you were willing to do what was right and forego all of the the traditional wedding things that you normally would have included your family in?
4: I don't know if I was revered as far as, for the wedding aspects but I know that from the time I got involved with the church to my time at BYU people were kind of like ooh a convert and especially the adults in the ward I I converted as a teenager and the adults in that first ward I was in just loved me because here was this kid that you know wanted to go to church and wanted to go <laughs> to early morning seminary and all these things and and they just I felt very um, admired and, and a lot of the younger kids and like young women's and young men's thought I was so great because I was a convert and stuff. So there was an aspect of that, but I don't know if there was anything like that as it relates to getting married.
2: We, the reason I ask is we found it very difficult. Um, after we were married, we, you know, we were still, we both just finished our freshman year at college and we tried going back to institutes afterward. I, well, I, I know that we we became really uncomfortable at institute because we got called out as the example couple, right? Where the, the yeah, where like, the people that got married, like
3: look at them, how happy they are! Doesn't everyone want to be married? It was just awful. It was we, we were so we felt
2: like a perpetual object lesson in all of our institute classes. We so so we kind of stopped going to the institute after that.
5: Well, we didn't get that at BYU. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, we were talking uh, a few minutes ago about the pragmatic nature of it. Zilfa brought up, you know, we, that we just wanted to be together. That was true. But I know a, a huge factor was BYU, at least, is structured to keep you away from each other, um, before you get married. You, you're, you're not allowed to be alone. So I, I think some of, uh, for those who aren't familiar with BYU honor code, you're not, you're not supposed to be with each other after 10 p.m. You can't be in a room like a, like a bedroom with the door closed. Um, so unless you're going out to a restaurant, which you can't afford to do, you you just can't find time to be alone. So I think that does influence the, the, the because the relationship progresses to a point where people just want to be um, together and to be able to talk without having other people around. Yeah,
5: Along with that, I mean, you talk about the sexual aspect, and, and of course that's a main player, but uh part of it for me, I think, was not so much, oh, yay, now I'm going to be able to go have sex, but oh, yay, now I don't have to run away from anything that might be possibly leading to something that could be perceived as sexual. You know, (laughs) now we can hug and stay hugging. You know, now we can go out for a walk and lay down on the grass hill and look at the stars and, oh, no, we're laying next to each other. You know, And, and those kind of things that are inappropriate, naughty behavior when you're not actually doing anything wrong are now no longer a problem. Now you don't have to constantly feel harassed by, is this a sin? Is this something inappropriate? We're not trying to do something sexual. You're just trying to spend time together.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I...
2: I, We never encountered that. I I was just going to say, I mean, I think Melissa and I were the only ones that... we, We were the ones that met at one of Utah's... Godless uh, universities, and so we never really experienced the the institution kind of controlling oh, yeah, our our social behavior. Like
3: I that. lived at home, and my mom would let us shut the door. That's I true. mean we were police in other ways
1: but I, I think one of the points Adam has which i which really resonated with me, there was the institutional policing, but also that constant gatekeeping that I was doing mentally myself, that mm-hmm. check and saying. Oh, am I going too far? Am I pushing this? Is this, you know, yeah, is this appropriate, is this appropriate? So you were constantly on this internal dialogue to keep yourself morally clean. And the more intimate you got with another person, even though you hadn't crossed any of the church boundaries, that became stressful.
0: And much more fuzzy. Yeah. The boundaries became a lot more fuzzy. (laughs) You mean because you pushed the boundaries? (laughs) (laughs) Well, John is rather fuzzy.
3: It was just a huge relief once you're married, like Adam was saying, you don't have to worry about that anymore, like whether you're doing something wrong or not.
2: Although some would argue that that still exists within what is appropriate within marriage, but that's a different topic altogether.
1: Yeah, that's true. Okay, you know, there's been sort of a slight negative undertone in, in the conversation, and I think that comes out by, you know, we've talked about society and society Sort of, at least American society now sort of frowns on this sort of behavior. Um, but obviously we're all still together in our relationships. So I, I want to talk a little bit. About what, what are the positive aspects from, from getting married quickly? How is that? What, what positive things came from that? How has that benefited your relationship on the upside?
4: Well, I'm married to my best friend and that rocks. <laughs> and really, I mean, making the commitment. Early on, um, even even if it was quick, has helped us get through some rough patches that were we just dating, we might not have bothered working through. We might have just thrown our hands up and said, well, maybe we're not right for each other and moved on. But we are married and we are committed, and so we made sure that we worked through anything that could cause a problem, and we have learned how to get along better. And I've become a better person for it. I, I'm better able to get along and to compromise and to admit, yes, I'm wrong and I'm sorry. And those are good things.
2: I think one of the things is because, uh, at least with Melissa and I, we got married when we were both still, we just both finished our freshman year of college So, we hadn't fully grown into our adult selves yet. So, in a lot of ways, we grew into adulthood together and, and we've been able to develop common interests instead of, instead of differing personalities or differing interests, you know, causing a, a a point of conflict in our relationship. A lot of those interests were developed together. And so, there's a little bit more, I think, unity. In, in that sense, in that we, we just sort of grew into adulthood together. I can see that.
0: Yeah, I I feel the same way since I was married at age 19, and I know, Melissa, you were also. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So we we did grow up to, together in a way. Um, and I was going to say, along with Holly's thought, that when you jump into something all the way, like, like we did, and rather than drawing out the dating process for a long period of time. Like Holly said, you, you really just solidify that commitment and, um, and you're off and running instead of, you know. I hear about people dating for like five or six years and they've broken up and got back together and they moved in and they moved out and, you know. So I think there is something to just committing and going for it.
5: There have been a lot of successful marriages in this world that were arranged. You know, you have an arranged marriage, but the two partners say, "Okay, well, this is my spouse, and I am completely devoted to them. End of discussion. That's it. I'm gonna it.
4: make it work. I'm gonna
5: make it work no matter what because that's my life. I, uh, you know, and and you know, obviously that's not how we <laughs> say we think things should go in our society. People should choose their spouses, but." I think that commitment is something that's missing more or less in our, in our current society where people need to say, Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm with this person for the rest of my life. You know, instead of I'm with this person unless, or I'm with this person until, or, you know, let's see what happens. Uh, we, we made a decision early on in our dating that, you know, if we get married divorce, divorce is not an option, you know, no matter what happens, no matter what comes up, Unless We're gonna have to find a way to work through it unless you unless know abuse or, something. abuse or you know serial adultery <laughs> or you know something that just can't be solved. Everything else is just well deal with it and find a way to work through it.
4: And that stemmed a lot from the fact that my mother was divorced twice before she married uh, my stepfather who she is still with and has had a successful marriage with. but I can't say that Her, her two earlier marriages, which ended in divorce, haven't affected me because they have, and I I didn't want that for myself. So,
1: I think I think we've kind of stumbled on this one of the really strong points of the Mormon position, because since the marriages are forever, and there's so much of the resource, and teaching, and energy of Mormonism put into sustaining and developing marriages. It does, I'm sure, lead to much more stable relationships in that aspect because the people are committed, and I think that's just one of the big things in the marriage. You just have to be committed to it and work through the issues.
5: Mm -hmm. And as we see the divorce rate rise, even within the church, I think it's the same problem that's happening within the church as has been the problem outside of the church. Of, hey, you know what? Like, it's it's a matter of commitment. There are always going to be matter. There are always going to be problems of incompatibilities. And there are always going to be problems of this, that, or the other coming up. Um, you know, the, the number one uh, problem in a relationship is finances, the number two problem is sexual differences or you know, whatever they say in the studies. Uh, those problems are always going to be there. There's always going to be financial difficulties, there's also going to be differences of opinion, there's always going to be, you know, you have two different people trying to work together for one life. So there's always going to be a problem of some sort or another, and, you know, there are going to be a fair number of major problems. Uh, those problems aren't going to go away, but if you're committed to stick with it no matter what the problems are, then then that's your decision.
2: I, I have to say another uh, another benefit I can see in having married and and, you know, had our family as young as we did, you know, both of our boys are going to be, Adults and out of the house by the time we're like in our early to mid forties. So, uh, I, I can definitely see the benefit of spending our childless years when we're going to have the, uh, money and resources to fully enjoy those.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, on, on, on the benefits, um, Adam, you brought up some of the things that are normally cited in divorce, you know, um, let's take finances and sexual incompatibility. Um, you know, when we got married, we were so young, we didn't have any money. So there wasn't any point arguing over it because there wasn't any, um, you know, we were both, neither of us were very sexually experienced. So, you know, we were exploring those avenues together and it goes to, in in the same article that I quoted before, the, um, therapist talks about one of the advantages to people who marry young is they tend to marry at kind of the apex of their, um, passion for each other and they can ride that that sort of into the relationship where the marriage started on a real high point where if you dated kind of the normal cycle of two to five years you know like zilpha was saying earlier you run into some of the um low points in the marriage before it even starts so you're kind of starting out with like mediocre expectation in the relationship
0: and with a Hmm. lot of baggage already
1: yeah and then so you take that that baggage we didn't have that going the relationship and we had the the Mormon underpinning of, you know, this is forever, you got to figure out a way to work it out, um, as well as with the Mormon structure to help support the marriage and that sort of stuff, then I, I think it made for a um, successful brew.
0: But I, 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 agree. I think one problem that we haven't talked about, and maybe we're not supposed to talk about it in this podcast, are we going to talk about kids?
1: Yeah, we can talk about whatever you want.
0: Well, um, you know, the... The idea, my my mom specifically told me, age 19, I'm getting married. She said, well, if you're getting married, then you're old enough. You should be having kids. Marriage is for having kids. So, you know, start right away and don't put it off. And to me, that doesn't seem like very good advice. And even though, Devin, you said that it's going to work out well because you'll be done with <laughs> the kids when you're still young, but at the same time, when you, when you were, were young you had all this responsibility and you didn't have a lot of time just together before the kids came. And how do you feel about that part of it?
2: Well, I I think in a sense, the kids were drawn into the identity that we forged together. I mean, going back to the fact that we being so young, we kind of grew into adulthood together. I think having the kids, as as early on in our lives as we did, they were just sort of drawn along as part of that.
3: Well, yeah, but I think what Sophie's is getting at is I don't want anybody listening to this to get the impression that, like, there are no regrets. Because I do have very deep regrets about getting married at age 19 and having my first baby at age 20. I missed out on the whole, like, young adult develop yourself sort of thing, which is pretty normal in Mormonism especially for women, because, like Holly has brought up earlier, women are just supposed to be mothers and wives. So, I, you know, I did develop to be a mother and a wife, and that you know, now causes me some angst at this point in my life. But
5: And I can see that in my mother, you know, growing up on the seventh of eight kids. Uh, the first kid was born nine months after they were married. And I'm pretty sure it was a short courtship and they were pretty young. I think she was around 20. So, you know, I, I've seen the toll it's taken on my mother where now after, you know, 20 years of doing nothing but being the mom, she's got time to herself as all the kids are moved out and she doesn't know what to do because she doesn't know who she is. You know? Yeah, she doesn't know who common. she is as an individual because all she's ever been has been the wife and mother.
1: Yeah, we we see this oftentimes with some, not all. It's probably even a minority um, couples who leave the church who um, feel like they missed out on part of life. You know, I think to frame it, you know, for most people they go to college, they go to a few parties, they get drunk, they throw up, they say that's not for me, and then they go on and and, and learn to drink moderately. Well, sometimes people leave the church, come to this point saying, hey, I've missed out on this big thing, and they have to go like resample that. And I, I'm sure that – well, I know I've talked to couples where it's happened where, the, you know, they they say, hey, I missed out on the sexual variety of multiple partners. I missed out on this thing. I missed out on that. And it damages their relationship um, in the long run because they didn't get that out of their system when they were younger.
5: Always leaves the wondering in the back of the mind.
2: Mm-hmm. But it's not like, you know uh... – sexual variety was an option at at that point in my life. Even if I weren't married, it's not, not like I would have been, you know, out having indiscriminate sex with, you know, random people. That that would never have happened. Because of my I, I already had a moral code that existed independent of my marital state.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I guess for me you know, I'm I'm kind of conjoining the two, the fact that you know, we we all got married so quickly, It is really um, just infused with Mormonism and the the worldview that we had on the relationship between the sexes, the you know the purpose of the family, all that stuff. So it just it just was unseparatable. So so you're right, Devin. It's not like if if I dated for two years, I would have been doing it differently. But I think they really fed off of one another. Yeah, that's
4: true. I forget who it was. Someone was talking about how the children came right away. Don't put it off because marriage is for having kids. Um, I think among some people that attitude is changing a bit. I had a a religion professor at BYU who specifically told his students, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea and, and I think that there's nothing uh, sinful about a couple really getting to know each other first and how they work as a couple before you have kids. And so we, you know, we waited about three years. Um, Lucy, our daughter was born a few weeks before our third anniversary. And, uh, and that worked out well for us that way. But even though there was that, that counter idea of no, it is okay. I used to feel so much guilt over not having started my family yet um it it there were times where i would just i'd say to adam i feel like what if what if i what if we're wrong what if we're not doing the right thing what if we should have started our family by now what if what if what if and
0: um
5: you feel like you're guilty of two years of selfishness <laughs> because you wanted to get to know your spouse
0: and the possibility that um taking the Saturday's Warriors kind of, um, philosophy about families, you know, having a um destiny to be together, sometimes I would feel like maybe I would miss out on somebody that was supposed to come to my family at a certain time, you know, like, exactly. who am I to say when the children should come kind of thing.
5: Mm-hmm. My dad taught us that doctrine very strongly that, you know, uh, you know, he he had a dream once where before they'd finished having all their family, he met someone and he said, well, who are you? And they said, well, I was supposed to be your son. Do you know where I had to go instead and not <laughs> for the rest of his life? It, it and, and it was chilling to me when whenever he told us, you know, because it was a powerfully frightening thought to, you know, someone else was supposed to be your child and you abandoned them before they were ever born. And so, you know, then you then you just kind of hear like, well, you know, should I have six kids or you know no know if I want six kids. I think I'd rather have three. But if I'm going to have six, then I got to better get started soon because otherwise I'm going to be having kids into my 40s. And, you know, you're trying to decide. And, and so the size of your family makes a big influence on the timing of your family.
1: OK, so, you know, we've we talked about the positives. What other um, negatives where they're out there from getting married so quickly. Now everybody's sitting next to their, 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 their spouse. So they're thinking, they're thinking, I don't know Absolutely if I'm going to say no this. All.
0: <laughs> all right, <honey>, <laughs> I think,
4: well, I think we might've been a little better off financially if we were both, um, established independently with careers before we had made the commitment. But you know, on the other hand, so we could be, poor broke students together or we could be poor broke students single so either way you're going to go through that time period it depends on whether you go through it alone or with somebody i suppose
1: yeah that's the first one that came to my mind too you know that we were impoverished students and that it might have been a little bit more financially uh, better for us to wait
0: I, i don't really think so like holly said we had to go through that poor time anyways
1: i think for me one of the the negatives um and it, it was just something we worked through but i you know i didn't have that much experience like as much experience as i would like to have had just um having a that intimate relationship with a woman so you know when we were young and first married and, you know, Zilpha would say certain things or do certain things. I was just baffled half the time and I didn't know what to say or what to do. And, um, so we had to kind of plug through that and figure that out as a married couple.
0: It was a little bit more complicated than his mission companions.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, I, I think one of the things that happens is that Holly was mentioning earlier how through young women's, the girls are, are, prepped for marriage uh, they're constantly prepped for marriage whereas young men are constantly prepped for missions yeah true we we aren't given the the preparation for marriage and so i think a, a lot of times you'll find the women coming into marriage is much more prepared for it than men are because for us it was kind of an afterthought to our mission and that whereas that was our our, our focus all through young you know young men's the young men's program and no, the I'll women were all, all right, go ahead. oh, I was just going to say that you know the the women at least Melissa's mentioned this I mean from when she was twelve years old, she was starting to plan out her you know her marriage and starting to think about uh, about what she wanted and what she didn't want, and it's something that I had never given that much thought to
5: along with that um you have the women who are you know, planning for a marriage and planning for a marriage and really thinking about how exactly they want to do it. And the guys haven't given it as much thought. And so when they come in head to head, the woman's got the plan and she's got everything figured out and things are going to be planned <laughs> that way and here's how it should be. And then the guy kind of feels a little, you know, steamrolled. Or he's saying, well, uh, I don't know. Well, what do I think about this? Just a second. Uh, I don't even know whether I agree with you or not. But since I don't have an opinion of my own, I guess we'll go with it. And then, you know, it leads to a, a bit of an imbalance in the relationship because the guys are kind of told that they're supposed to lead out. You're supposed to be a priesthood leader. You're supposed to be taking charge of the important things in the household and, and uh, you know, really making sure that everything stays on track. But you haven't really thought about how to do that or what you're supposed to do, and you're given a job with no uh, training.
1: Yeah, I, I think in our marriage, um Zilpha had more like idealized expectations of what I would be doing as a priesthood holder then I had idealized expectations of what she should do because I just didn't know. All right. um, So what were the biggest surprises? I mean, getting married quickly, you obviously don't know the other person as well as probably you should or could. Were there any big, big reveals?
5: Not really. I mean, not in terms of, our relationship and getting to know each other, we just kind of fell hands and danced merrily along down the path. The big thing for us isn't really a, uh, uh, thing that arose because we got married soon, but more so because of the, the views on morality is, is the sexual differences and, and trying to find a sexual compatibility when you don't know yourself sexually at all. You know, when you've been running away from sexuality your whole life and then suddenly you're thrown into it, uh, mm. yep. Especially, it tends to be a problem, especially with with these young women, where they're taught, you know, good girls don't, good girls don't, no, 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 and then well, good girls do. and you know, Guys don't have as much of a problem saying, okay, now go. <laughs>
0: <You
5: know. laughs> the reins are taken off. The guys say yippee, but uh, it's it's a bit more of a an adjustment for a lot of women to be able to say, well, hold on a second, now I'm supposed to be a sexual person. What does that mean?
4: Especially when you're when you're taught for so long that well, it's a dirty, sinful thing.
3: Yeah, I agree. That was one of the hardest things for me, was jumping into the sexuality and just like the whole thing was so foreign to me.
1: I I, I agree with this, but I think this is more indicative of like Mormon or other conservative marriages in general. And this is actually, I think probably marrying quickly helped this. Because where I mentioned before, you know, you were marrying at the apex of your relationship when you were most hot for each other anyway, so it was easier to, to run through that. I think of the Mormon couples that date for long periods of time, like two, three, four years, who obviously don't consummate their relationship but still stay. I, I don't even know how they do that. I don't, I don't know either. That, that, it seems like that would mess with your psychology.
5: Uh Having not done the other way, I can't compare. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I, I'm with you, brother. I don't have any, any anything to say about that. Okay, so, um, n- now we get to put on our, um, our, um, paternal and maternal hats. If we were going to give advice to other young couples about to do the same things that we did, you know, they're maybe out there listening in, in podcast land. There's some young couple that's been dating two months and they're about to get married. What, what advice would we give them? Uh, um, I,
5: my advice is highly painted by, Having left the church and no longer adhering to the morals that I was influenced by when I was dating, I currently think that it's probably healthier for a relationship if you uh, have sex before you're married and get to know each other. You know, take the the gradual, step approach. But I don't know how all well that's going to fit into the podcast.
1: <laughs> no, I mean that that's fine. I know one thing we've talked about before is that. And I know I've specifically talked to Devin and Melissa about this before is the, the sexual relationship doesn't take a natural progression oftentimes when you're Mormon because there's times when it's, when it, it just naturally would happen. It's, it's, it's where nature's taking you. And instead you're kind of forcing it to happen in a confined, you know, like on your wedding night where, you know, you're tired and you're, you're nervous and, and, if you just kind of let the relationship follow a natural progression, it might be more healthy in the long run.
2: You know, being Uh, the, being the parent of, of, you know, two boys, I think I would, I would advise them against, uh, I mean, even even bypassing any of the sexual reasons. I, I think that there's an, economic reasons to not get married so young one one of the things we did by marrying as young as we did and when we were both still just freshmen in college was that we pretty much guaranteed that we were you know bringing our children into a uh <laughs> into kind of an impoverished home your 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 college days are you know pretty much defined by low paying part time jobs and to bring children into that just seems Fiscally unhealthy.
0: But getting married doesn't doesn't equal having kids, at least, you know, it doesn't have to. So would you tell them to just not have kids or I mean that early? Or or the marriage part?
2: I I I personally think that I don't know, because it's I the thing is is that the definition that I was raised of marriage and 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 granted i 'm sure my with a, with a different definition of it, but to me, marriage very much was having children, you know, and there wasn 't much of an option to put it off and in you know even if it wasn 't explicitly stated that we you know must have children as soon as possible, it was definitely implicit
0: yeah so um, rather than getting married, you would encourage them to maybe um live with their with their you know partner
2: not necessarily I I would encourage them to get an education and get settled into a career prior to getting married and making sure you're financially prepared for that the financial preparedness for marriage was never anything I was ever I I, I never heard in all my years of, of church lessons or 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 Institute or seminar or anywhere else, I had never heard emphasize the financial preparedness for marriage.
1: Uh, Devin, I think I, I empathize with where you're coming from. I know that when I was going to school, I was planning on going to graduate school. And then when we got married, um, and I was happy with that, but the it just seemed so much more difficult to do. You know, I couldn't just go like live in a closet and eat ramen noodles and that <laughs> sort of stuff. So I had a family, I had a responsibility i to take care of, so graduate school for the time being, when we got first got married, was put into the put on the shelf, and I, you know, I, I think for my children, I would want them. You know, it's much easier if you do that first, and and not worry about the responsibility and the trials of trying to start a family and start a, a, a heavy relationship like that.
5: I, yeah, oh, I, trying to balance, trying to balance some serious studies and a serious relationship at the same time, which are both kind of full-time jobs. You know, trying to Leap into a marriage with uh, only knowing someone for four months and all the work that making a marriage uh, successful takes while you're trying to get good grades and finish your education and, and, and also working to support a spouse if, if she's going to have kids and stuff like that. and Then you're working three full-time jobs where you're adjusting to a new marriage and being a full-time student and working to support a family. And
2: it's, it's a lot all at once. I feel like my professional life was somewhat stunted by 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 my by our experience having gotten gotten married so young and before I had a clear idea of where I was going professionally or or career wise so I feel like those decisions had to be made after the fact um, when it was when it was much more difficult, my options had been narrowed down quite a bit.
4: You know, I think I think it depends a lot on the individuals. It depends a lot on the couples. Some people move fast and it's a disaster, and others move fast and it works out great. Um, Generally, I don't think I'd recommend getting hitched after only knowing each other for four months. But I don't think that there is any one um, size fits all piece of advice that I would give. To anybody, because it can depend so much on. I mean, I have a friend who, who got married when she was nineteen, um, which was just a little bit younger than when I got married. But she, she's very um, mature, grounded, responsible person, and um, knew it. You know, knew what she wanted, and she found it. and And I think. So far, it's working out great for them. But I also had a friend who got married when she was about nineteen, and I don't think that she necessarily was um, as ready for that uh, commitment as the other one. So I really, I really don't think that there is a one size fits all piece of advice I would give.
3: I agree with Holly. I, I want my kids to be individuals and go to graduate school and everything before they're, like, in a serious relationship, but if they find someone they want to be with and that's what they want, I... (laughs) I'm not going to stop them.
2: Well, I think a lot of that's what parenting is, is helping your kids, you know... within their individual personalities help them discover who they are and find what's gonna make them happy in life. And so I can't make predetermined get predetermined ideas of what's going to make them happy or what their where their life is taking them. I there
3: Well and I think it really depends on what your goals are in life because when I was nineteen my goals in life were to have a temple marriage and a family and so I just went ahead and did it. You know, I wanted to go to school as well, but that was sort of a side thing. But I, you know, I don't think that's going to be my kids' main goal because they're not being raised in the church. But if they were being raised in the church, you know, that would probably be their goal, and that's probably what they would do. So,
4: Yeah, and you know, my my family, especially my grandmother, were kind of uh, in shock when... I got engaged because, like I said, it was a non-member family, so they were not used to the idea of this quick courtship and, and engagement and whatnot. Um, but a family friend had a conversation with my mother, and um, she she's, I think, in her 80s, and she's never married. And she basically told my mom that she had she had, had an opportunity to get married. Someone had proposed to her when she was younger. And... and she, She didn't think she she felt like it was she was too young and she wanted it was too soon and she wanted to wait and and so she turned it down and had regretted it ever since and she told my mother well if 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 Holly found the person she wants to be with she should go for it and I think that if you do find the right person that you're compatible with and and you are ready to make that commitment then. If it goes fast,
0: it goes fast. And if that works for you, then more power to you. And more power to all of us.
1: Yeah, I think if I was going to give advice to anybody, be they marrying early or quick or young or old or whatever, it would be that, you know, marriage is a series of decisions, just like love is over and over and over again. It's a recommitment. And, and, you know, you've got to keep investing your time and your energy into that relationship. And that means sometimes you put aside things you might like to do to find something that you both like to do together instead. So, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. One thing about um, getting married young is I think that made it a little bit easier to do that because we weren't as set in our ways. Um, so that's, that would be my advice. And for that advice, it wouldn't necessarily be don't get married young because, you know, I, I think that, you know, we got married when we were five months in our relationship, but every successful relationship has to pass the five month mark. It's just that we happen to commit ourselves um, a lot deeper, a lot earlier. But every 13-year relationship has been through 13 years' worth of stuff. So, you know, it's not like you're you're shortcutting anything or it's not like you're not doing things that other couples do. You're just aligning your, your events and anniversaries up at a different time. Ultimately, you're going to have to do the same stuff and work the same problems that every relationship has to.
4: And every relationship is going to require... Some sacrifices along the way and whether it's sacrificing that, you know, free single independent time of your twenties or whatever or sacrificing something else. It's what you do for the person you love. You change your plan sometimes and you make sacrifices for the happiness of the other person and that's just a part of making a relationship work
1: amen sister well i think that's probably a good place to wrap it up guys i've really enjoyed the discussion i think it's been a a really good one
2: yeah thanks for having us
1: hopefully we won't have to have you back on for the big divorce podcast (laughs) 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 all right once again thanks for the the panelists um Remember, the discussion continues at mormonexpression.com. Check out the blog there for links to the information discussed and to continue the discussion. You can also call 801-906-6722, or you can email us your comments or audio for future podcasts to mail at mormonexpression.com. Our music is provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Hey, what are you doing out of bed?